Greetings. I'm Sonia Brooks, the Song Bee, and this is The Vibe Juice. Well, okay, so welcome to episode uh, The Vibe Juice, episode number 43. I am your host. This is Sister Song Bee in the house. What's up, y'all? Welcome, and we have Ali R. Rashid Black, keeping it black. Okay, you won black first, and eliminating the whack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, it, it is today for us. It is uh, episode number forty-three. This is a uh, uh, we're well into the month of June, twenty twenty-two, and good God, has a lot been going on. Zone, zone. <laughs> a lot's going zone in the zone. Okay? In and out the zone. I just want to know, brother, what, let's just talk about, wow, we got a lot to talk about. What's disrupting America, the politics, and the politics? First of all, disrupting America, <laughs> I just want to know, is something wrong with your mind? There is a missing state of mental health and wellness. Uh, people are running amok with making all kind of excuses, and there are no excuses with all the whack BS that's going on. Let me just th- throw down a couple of things about facts about uh, mental health. Since 2019, since the p- pandemic, there's been a rise in gun violence and mass shooting, okay? Uh, and in just in this year alone, Fratricide. yes, families killing families. Listen, just this year alone, there's been over 250 mass shootings. Okay, and of course we know about Buffalo, New York, and Uvalde, Texas. You know where we had a, a, a population of African Americans in a community slaughtered by one lone gunman. Buffalo. Something's wrong with your mind. In Uvalde, Texas, it was one lone gunman. Hispanic man that took it upon himself to go to a school, an elementary school, and kill as many as possible. There is something wrong with your mind. And uh, 20, uh, according to studies in 2020, 21% of U.S. adults experience mental illness. That's 52.9 million people. There was a survey the uh, same year that said that uh, 13%, and this is also now mindfully during the pandemic, people mm-hmm. isolated. See, there's a correlation with some of this madness going on. But while people were isolated, that... 13% of these reported uh, adults reported new uh, uh, situations of substance abuse or increased substance abuse due to the coronavirus and all these other things. Suicides went up. And then, but at the same time, uh, abuse and craziness that was exacerbated through social media and everything that you could think of. Just just, just one quick thing. Went through. Okay, I, I, I'm all, done. I just wanted to say that. All, all of the people 
in this country who are under severe mental stress and duress. Look at the statistics. We encourage our listeners to listen, check out the statistics around fratricide. For example, father kills mother and kids and himself. Mm. Okay? That's not it's not new. But the spike that you will see when you look statistically is very, very scary. Hmm. Very scary because if the head of a family, man or a woman, if they decide that for whatever reasons, quote unquote, that they think that they can protect them, themselves and their family by killing their families, who does that serve? So you got families killing families, and then you got people out there who are just aimless aiming at groups of people where they're most vulnerable. That they hate. Okay, so another study I just want to mention uh, that some of the, the numbers that I mentioned before came from the National, uh, uh, the NM, NAMI, the National Alliance of uh, Mental Illness. But uh, another study that China did, that they did in China, that since the pandemic, that uh, the correlation with social media and the rise of mental illness and uh, the decline, I should say, of mental health, there is a correlation with it. Mm -hmm. And not only that, when you look at uh, social media, you cannot ignore the fact that particularly when it comes to mass shooting, what they found is that these people at some point expose their biological, bio, uh, diabolical plots, not biological. <laughs> diabolical. I, well, you know, I'm kind of, I'm twisting some of the words conversation based on what we had earlier before we came on. But anyway, uh, but diabolical uh, pot, plots have been, fed in some way or another in some form of social media because they want an audience. Exactly. Well, they, they those who would be considered the shot callers, mm. the ones that decide what trends get pushed and what trends don't get pushed. Mm -hmm. Okay? The guy that did the shooting, that con shooting at the concert in Vegas. Oh, yeah, from the the hotel room. I mean, now... He just blew out the hotel glass and just had a field day. Had a, had a field day. He sure did. But... You know but, what? You didn't hear much about that afterwards either. Why? Ah! This is what disturbs me mm -hmm. about the selectivity and what they find out and what's disclosed because what's obviously there's certain things that if it's revealed it would represent more truth to the public of what's psychologically brainwashing and causing the influences. Now, we know in some cases when it came to the uh, radical right influences on some of these shooters, there was somehow something that, because of social media. Well, going with social media, mm -hmm. you just said it, mm -hmm. the great replacement theory. 
The Great Replacement mm. Theory goes back at least 30 or 40 or 50 years. And the idea is, is that right, severe right wing, I would call fascist actors, mm -hmm. okay? 50 years ago, coming forward, their thing was, well, the birth rates of the white community are stumbling badly. Mm. The marriage rates, stumbling badly. Oh, yeah. Well, that's like way out. Okay. <laughs> and it's everybody, really. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, come but, on, but just the across the board. That if we pump this, if we emphasize this in the mass media, there, then we, it's easy to get people to think that blacks, Latinos, Asians, Jews, whoever the, the population they choose to focus on is here to replace white people. Well, so here's the other thing, and this, this is my perspective about this. Let's take a, a period of the pandemic where people are more idle. I don't mind this devil workshop. I don't mind is looking for something to get into. I don't mind is a vulnerable and very impressionable, whether it knew it or not. We had hundreds of millions of idle minds in the U.S. during that period that became exposed to all kind of theories conspiracy theories. We had all the stuff that was going on with Trump and steal the vote. We had people jumping in and going into uh, certain social media chat rooms and really become heavily influenced by people who were purposely putting out things that weren't true, but having influence on masses of people that bought into a lot of bullshit. Because they kept hearing it true or not. The Pizzagate thing with the, the, the I don't uh, recall Pizzagate. What was okay, that? So, so what happened with Pizzagate? Mm -hmm. There was a rumor, a rumor, no articles, no interviews, a rumor <laughs> that there was a pizza parlor that was oh, connected. This is the Q QAnon stuff, isn't it? Right, that's what right. was part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But see, it actually was bigger than QAnon. Okay. Because what happened was QAnon blew it up, but it didn't start with QAnon. Mm. Okay. But you had, I mean, to the point to where an individual human in this fucking country was convinced that there was a pedophile ring being run mm -hmm. out of a pizza joint. Mm -hmm. And he went to the pizza joint and attempted to break up the ring and kill mm -hmm. the perpetrators. Mm -hmm. But I think that started the whole QAnon. Uh, well, it was it was it conspiracy. Was it was it was one of the early mm -hmm. QAnon conspiracies. Mm -hmm. What they did, QAnon to me jumped on it and used it to blow up QAnon. Mm. Okay. Okay. I was listening to something, uh, a podcast. You know, I listened to all kind of podcasts. And there were some people that maybe had some involvement with that. Mm -hmm. And from that perspective, and they're investigative, I think it was kind of like, I, it, I'm not, I can't repeat this verbatim because I don't recall it, but it seems that it was the other way around. But that's okay. 
Yeah, but, okay. but, but, yeah. but the point I'm, I want to make mm. on that specifically is that you look at the United States of America, you have a population that is, is plagued by certain health trends. The mental health issue is one of those trends. Now, if we consider that those of us and those among us who have misperceptions, strange beliefs mm. based upon their mental health issue, that they can look at a black and white picture mm. and describe it in color but it's never been in color. So what I'm saying is that this guy that bump, you know, basically, you know, blasted his way into this pizza joint mm. because he sincerely thought that that was the global headquarters. Yeah, the man who did it. He really did. He really believed it. Of a pedophile ring. But the man, okay, that's what it was. It's coming to me because the man, that's what I heard. The, the, the podcast was all on that man. Right. That man had been perpetrating these ideals for, for like a few years, for yeah. sev- certainly yeah. several months. And he started because, it, if I'm not mistaken, the background of that particular man was something that he wanted to do. And he was angry with Hollywood angry with Democrats overall. Mm-hmm. And he started probing and somebody planted seeds and it just got like obsession. Right. I mean, un- unhealthy, extreme exception, a re- ex- a obsession. A reflection of a twisted, manipulated mental state. But that's just it. People like him mm-hmm. abound. We don't, we could be looking at them every day. It's just a matter of time. And they feed in and they go home behind the closed doors and they feed into, which becomes a hysteria, or whatever belief systems that they've fallen into and listened to. And you can hear when someone becomes a fanatic of any kind of ideology or theory because they can't get off of it. Every time you see me, it's like, ah, please, you ever avoid somebody because you already know, oh, Lord, I don't want to see them. They're going to come with that crazy shit again. I won't talk to them. You know, I know about a couple of people like that, one in my family, and I tell you, when that phone rings, I ain't trying to talk to you. You don't want to talk to me. (laughs) I'm just trying to hear it because I'm hearing a sick person, and you cannot reach that person. See, to me, that what complicates the bigger picture is that we're not talking about the local yokel law enforcement, right? Mm. Manipulating an individual. Mm-hmm. What you're looking at is mass media, film, music, and the social media oh, platform. Right, every form of it. That are all focused on pumping up those beliefs that normally would get you referred for therapy. Mm-hmm. Okay? 
Well, not, not excuse me, therapy. They need pharmaceuticals. They need all. I mean, they need the all of it, and that's what's not missing. First of all, first of all, the diagnosis that yeah. there's something wrong with your mind. I'm sorry, I have to repeat that. There is something wrong oh, with, with your mind. mind. Now, and, I, and you know, may his soul rest in peace. I get that from a friend of mine. We always laughed about it coming up because in high school, his dad used to always tell him that, boy, there's something wrong with your mind. And he knew, now we talk about it a lot because we laugh at it today because, you know, we, we'll talk about something and I'll say, see, and he'll say, yeah. There's something wrong with your mind. And that is so true today with so many people. And if you know someone, you look at them, and you know and you, you have to say this when you look at them. Look them dead in the eye. You know them. You know who they are. There's something wrong with their mind. Now, is there going to be any approach about dealing with it? No, because you know what? I say there's probably... Fifty-one fifty. <laughs> I say fifty-one percent of Americans truly probably have something wrong with their mind. That means that the pe- people you vote for, and when we find out there's something wrong with their mind, oftentimes is right before us. But the people that choose to, to over a party, over the state and the wellness and the well-being, being and the soundness of, the of that human being, they rather vote based on. Uh, a party affiliation mm-hmm. or rather than truthfully or uh, a reason rather than if that person really is, has the capacity to carry out and serve uh, the people truthfully and honestly. And, and, and that's going to be well for the good of society. No, well, you know, that one thing that, that I have learned through reading a variety of fascist writers, thinkers, Mm-hmm. You know, political actors. Mm. Okay. You can find writings where they specifically advocate to manipulate and exploit mental health issues as a means to control and direct people in society. Mm. Okay. Now, if this occurred in an individual setting because a person has an individual mental health issue, Mm. that's one thing. But what happens when millions and millions and millions and millions Mm. of Americans have been exposed to a sophisticated, very sinister type mm. representation. Mm-hmm. Deliberate. De- oh, yeah. They're mm-hmm. created. On right, right. But what happens to those individuals when they begin to act out <laughs> and we see it on the 6 o'clock news? Okay. See, and that, that I think where America is right now, mm. most of the shit that's going on in America is because those that actually call the shots mm-hmm. Wanted to go on. You know See, what? I, and it, you do. Yeah, I have to agree with you with that sentiment because it does uh, appear, particularly when you look at emerging gun violence and mass shootings, you it kind of suggests 
that the people in power, particularly those that are members of the NRA that pay the politicians to in their campaigns and don't want gun laws but reduce them, when they try to use the rules of the Second Amendment, something that was only relevant to the time when it was written. It is not relevant now. And to suggest that, you know, uh, the allowance of the expiration of certain federal laws and, and yeah. banning certain type of weapons and et cetera, et cetera also contributed to this, it says to me that there are a, a constituent of people, individuals, with certain allowance of power based on certain beliefs. There may even be documents about stuff that we're talking about right now yeah. that have been in yeah. plan years ago to keep a certain control of society, particularly if they will not replace us kind of attitude and theory. We need an allowance of this to occur so that this can occur and we stay in power, in place, in future endeavors well, and in, 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 in leadership. In reading, in reading, once again, if you look at uh, Hitler, Goebel, um, Franco, uh, Mussolini to a much lesser degree, because he really wasn't, you know, no, no offense Mussolini, mm-hmm. but he wasn't all that fucking sharp, okay? <laughs> So, but when you look at the, the, the voice of fascism, when you look at those people who are really considered the quote-unquote thinkers in the fascist world, mm. one of the things that they, they use heavily, that they rely upon heavily, is I will control you and society by what I put in your head. And that's why if you look at the Pizzagate case I mentioned earlier where this one individual got so fucked up but there were literally tens of thousands of people who were writing to you know TV stations, radio stations, uh-huh. basically dogmatically repeating the same analysis that one individual had when he attacked that pizza pizza store. Uh-huh. Okay, uh-huh. so now we have a case, but my concern is how did the case come to be? And if you look at what that guy was exposed to, you can find, unfortunately, millions of people who were also exposed. So you end up in a situation where the powers that be, the powers that run the United States government, Mm -hmm. the United States Mm -hmm. Congress. Mm -hmm. That includes states... And you know, the local that. governments. All that. I, I sincerely believe that there are actors that are put into motion, okay, to create a certain environment where many Americans write it off, not understanding that. In dealing with, like the guy with Pizzagate, 
in dealing with him and others like him, you can create the ways that you can transition a society from alleged democracy to open fascism. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that 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 to me, probably for at least the last 10, 12 years, mm. I've been thinking about it, writing about it, talking to some people about it, because mm-hmm. I really think that the, for example, and this, this may seem initially not connected, but look at what has happened with the marijuana industry in the United States, okay? We went, we went from it being a street drug oh, yeah. culture to a level, corporate, okay, right? To openly corporate, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay. I've already seen the uh, 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 packages packaging mm-hmm. for legal marijuana cigarettes. Oh yeah, okay. Oh yeah, okay. Marlboro. <laughs> and but I mean, they, but they're—I mean, you know—they—they they got it's—it's it's ready to go. Okay. See, and now you've shifted a population which is not uh, homogenous. Mm-hmm. They've shifted a population who is used to doing street-level marijuana industry. Right. Right. Yeah. And now, look at your major cities on the planet. Mm-hmm. They got dispensaries. They got home delivery. Mm-hmm. They got edibles. Right. Okay. All these things that just a few years ago didn't exist except in a very um, unorganized kind of way. But now, in less than 10 years, we went from people being given. 10, 12, 15 years sentences. That's right. That's right. For possession of a joint. Right. That's right. They weren't distributors. Right. They weren't kingpins. Right. Okay. And now. (laughs) And now. Look who's the new kingpin. But you know what? The head of tobacco industry was a kingpin for years. Come on now. And, you know, the way that all the people that, you know, especially in the hood, in their you know, they're cool menthols and so forth. Mm-hmm. And knowing that it was killing, going to kill you for a long time. So look at that menthol issue. Because mm. I've been reading about that recently. Uh-huh. Because I had several people tell me that they didn't realize that they was addicted. Okay. Not Until just when? cigarettes. Okay, to what? The menthol. Aha. Uh-huh. See, because now what has happened, uh. some stores will not sell menthol cigarettes. Wow. Okay, so that's the difference. Because there was a, once upon a time I smoked. It was like I had a cocktail, then I wanted to smoke. And it was a menthol. And then for some reason, I don't know, something clicked in my mind when I was smoking that stint. And I said, yeah, I didn't want menthol anymore. Something about it seemed wrong or right. I mean, not right, but wrong. And I said, well, if you're going to have a, I think you need to eliminate menthol. I said, it's really funny how Black folks love a menthol cigarette, but you go to a a, a white bar and everybody's smoking marble reds, <laughs> practically. Or pell mell, 
Oh, I haven't seen, haven't seen the pale mail in years. No, no, no. But what I'm saying. But yeah, back in the day. Like, right. that's, that's how deep seated the issues we're talking about. Yeah. That's how far back they actually go. Mm. See, I hmm. mean, I both my father and my mother deeply, mm-hmm. personally mm. resented the fact that they were addicted. Oh. Because they were not. Mm. That kind of personality. Were like they that kind of? Were they smoking menthols as well? No, no, neither Back one. Of them. Okay, see, that's what I'm saying. Okay, neither one of them had the proclivities to easily become addicted to a substance. So when when it hits them later in life, right, mm. and they realize, you mean I can't stop smoking? What? Later in life, right? All of a sudden, they're like, "What is this?" Okay, but the the my father smoked pell mell reds, the little short you know they used to call them uh, uh, coffin nails. <laughs> yeah, they used to call them coffin nails. Wow, wow, yeah, my I didn't know that. Viceroy's, <laughs> Viceroy's. I remember uh, there was a neighbor when I was a kid. Uh, Joe and Edna, and, and Edna, and they would have barbecues and play uh, some good loud blues or jazz at the mm-hmm. organ jazz. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith, and honey, yeah. they'd be rocking out with they in the backyard and laughing loud and drinking that uh, Johnny Walker Red and those Viceroy saying pale males. That was, uh, and she had a, a a Dodge, honey. It was a hot hot rod. I said, she hot. She got it going on. <laughs> Could tell her she didn't. But that, but that, <laughs> so one of the things that I think about often in my meditation mm-hmm. is I, being able to identify things that I experienced growing up. Yeah. And how they were much more sinister than I ever understood. You know, because people can say what they want. I smoke cigars. But I I never smoked cigarettes. I smoked marijuana like crazy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for many, 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 many years. Mm-hmm. But when I stopped smoking marijuana mm. and I wanted to smoke, I started smoking cigars. Okay. And because nobody smokes cigars like they smoke cigarettes, mm. right? Mm-hmm. I was never really at risk of falling into what my parents had got into. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I mean, you know, cigarettes, alcohol. I mean, the first time I realized that I was looking at a a Hollywood movie where they no longer allowed the the actors to smoke. smoke. And then, you know, because at first it was like, what's the big deal? But then when I looked back at all of the older classic movies. Yeah. And I looked at all of the classic movie stars. Mm-hmm. They was always Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Betty Davis. John Wayne. Rock yeah. Hudson. Right. On and on. Right. Rock Hudson most famously didn't smoke. But yeah. he smoked in movies. Oh did he? Okay. So and I always remember uh God Gunsmoke Man. I can't remember whether that strong uh, uh, jawline. Uh, um, Arnest. Not not Peter Arnest. 
In fact, he was the face of a sick Marble, a Marble man. Who was Marble? Marble. Yeah, he. But he looked a lot like Marshall Dillon. Okay. Okay. Right. Oh God, Marble man. Marble man was. Oh, you know what? And I'm I'm mistaken. The Marble man. He wasn't a famous actor. But they, no, they but, had a, but, he, but but he was chosen right based on his resemblance. Okay, to oh, Marshall to some of those actors, the right? Square jaw, the square jaw, you know, the and it was a successful advertising campaign. Oh, Very tremendously, yes. everybody wanted to be macho, or you wanted to know the Marble Man. I I met I've met Asians who had never lived outside of an Asian country. Mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they were so fucking addicted. Wow. Pell-mell reds, the little short coffin nail. What you were just talking about. Okay. Mm-hmm. Marlboro red. Mm-hmm. Camel. Lucky Strike. Mm. See, Lucky Strike went through a period where oh, they was. Oh, yeah. They was Lucky Strike. Shit. That was it. But they had some cigarettes for your ass back in the okay. day. And And the... the <laughs> With, if you look at how they used cigarettes in the film industry, mm-hmm. right? Mm. If you look at that, yeah, and then now look at how the marijuana industry has been transformed. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think there are connections. Okay. I think there are real world connections. Right. And they'll probably come Some out for sure. Some of the same thinking, the same analysis mm-hmm. that was used back then, mm. way back, mm-hmm. you know, carries over. Because mm-hmm. like now, I mean, the advertising for the marijuana industry is ridiculous. I'm going to have to really check it out. So, you know, I was thinking of Chuck Connors. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking yeah, of him, and he yeah. may have for a little while rifle rifleman. He may have uh, kind of done uh, overlap, but it seemed like he he there was movies Matt and Dillon things. Of, was because uh, Matt Dillon's brother, they have some different parentage, but Matt Dillon. The, the, uh, well, Matt Dillon is much younger. You're talking about a younger actor, uh, Matt Dillon. He was born in '64. No, 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 no. Not to play, not to play gun, uh, uh, Marshall Dillon. Oh, Matt Dillon is a... No, no, no. Not Matt. I'm talking about Marshall Dillon. Oh, okay. Not Matt Dillon. Okay, okay. Yeah. I was going to say. I was going to say 64. This motherfucker was a damn near 100. <laughs> uh, but James Arness. Okay, okay, okay. His brother, mm-hmm. who later... Years down the line, okay, became the leader of Mission Impossible TV show. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was his brother. Okay, I did not know that. But James Arness, uh, okay, what is his name? Peter something. Oh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, and you're talking about in Mission Impossible? Yeah, it was. It was Peter something, not Peter Marshall. No, 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 no. See, because they had to, that was one of the things that, one of the reasons why I remember when I learned it, because they had different names. But then when you looked at them. Peter Graves. Peter Graves. But when you looked at them, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. 
six six. Mm. Okay. Mm. Two forty, two fifty. Right. And that's very similar. Chuck Connors was also six six. Right. So these yeah. But see Chuck now the, the weird thing with Chuck Connors is Chuck Connors was an athlete. I didn't know that he played baseball. I just found that out. I didn't know. And, and I mean, played baseball. I mean, it wasn't no bullshit. Right, he really the boy played. played. He really wow. played baseball. And became an actor. Okay. You know, I'll never forget. I got to tell you this little side story. Uh, I was probably about 18, 17. I used to work in Century City. Cute little girl, you know, do working in little Jewish uh, firms. Yeah. Up, you know, in Century oh, City, receptionist. And it was a, a, right after lunch, and I took one in Hamburger Hamlet, someplace I Hamburg, went. Hamlet. Yeah, right. You know, and My I, stepfather worked there. Really? Yeah. So I went down, you know, downstairs to run to get something, and it was just a little after the r- lunch crowd was closer to one thirty-two. So that crowd was gone. Just as I was opening the door, I think I called in to get something to go back up. The door swung open. It was Chuck Connors. Yeah. Tall man. I didn't know he was that tall. Yeah, and seven. and he he back then, I'm just gonna guess by then he was probably in his late sixties or whatever, but he was yeah. startled when I opened that door. And he looked at me, not startled because the swing of the door, because you know, but as he but he saw me, a little nice little young tenderoni tan, little you know, a little, little black girl, little little, little tender on his tan. He said, he just stood and stopped and he startled me. The way he looked at me, he said, my, my, aren't you a cute little thing? I looked. Watch yourself. <laughs> Watch yourself. Well, you know, at first I was just like, ooh, he's an actor. I remember him. You know, I'm yeah, just looking yeah, up at him yeah, like that. Yeah. I did not expect that to come out of this island. But, you but, know, but, but this is this is the back side of Hollywood, though, see, the, you know. The reality. Right. And that, of our, the perceptions of us. Yeah. Regardless of what we think. Yeah. And w- especially the younger you were. This is the oh, back side of Hollywood. Geez. The back side of Hollywood got a whole run. lot of, they need, actually, that needs to be a podcast. I don't know if folks want to talk about that, but. <laughs> But really, that'd be one I'd listen to. <laughs> well, well, it's also reflective, once again, mm-hmm. of cultural social norms. Yes, See? absolutely. Now, he was used to being exposed, mm-hmm. you know, but then, then as a white man with a little honey. Well, and also think about it. See... If you think about the times that Hollywood started evolving a little more, because Hollywood has always been a little ahead of the rest of society, right? So in the late 60s, all into the 70s, by then, there had been a whole lot of happenings and goings on reflected in media. And we were talking about media earlier, how the impact of that on different people, on people, just society as a whole. And by this time, even if he, I'm sure in the 60s, that was not of his thoughts. He That probably would never came out of his mouth well, as a younger you know, white man. I'm just saying. He, he that had not been his experience. Right. But see, in the moment. Well, by this time, things have, times have changed. Yeah. But clearly. Saying, but even for him, when that door swung open, mm-hmm. and he was like, oh. 
<laughs> and he, that was really and he was with someone a younger man uh like maybe they had been on a business lunch or something mm -hmm. but whatever it, whatever it was it startled all him that all that flew wayside. it did it fell to the wayside just like that in an instant and his reaction was priceless it was like he was he was ready to carry on to the to to the next level. It's like something else been fell into my lap right now. <laughs> Let me I got another conversation right here right now, just whole like that. Thing. Whole another thing immediately, instantly. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I would imagine though again that yeah years prior to that because he was he's you know he was a older man you know at yeah. that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and I know that years prior, I mean, you know, in the earlier years, that was not yeah. of something that would probably be... One of the reasons that Hollywood had problems with Chuck Connors was that he had been a professional athlete. Mm -hmm. He was used to that level of treatment. Ah, uh, uh-huh. Okay. Right. So, when he first started getting the, the, that treatment in the film industry... Mm. Then it was like, oh, wait a minute. I don't do I'm a bad motherfucker. Well, you know what? Even at that age, I'll never forget. Because when that man that walked out of that, opened that hamburger hamlet door was a, a stunningly fit, good-looking oh, yeah. man. Oh, yeah. In his, He had to be in his late 60s, but he was stunningly good-looking. And his physicality was... Serious. Was far more superior than his his yeah. chronological age, and you could tell, you know, that yeah. that's what Hollywood well, see, does was, for that, you, if you, that's you know. What, that's what happened with Chuck Connors because Chuck Connors actually ended up leaving Hollywood mm. because he wouldn't fit in the box. Ah, no, I didn't. No, he would. He wouldn't fit in the box. Huh. He had been a professional athlete. Right. So he had that okay. exposure and so that he life. Had, he, had been, he, he had hit the real grind. Yeah. So you motherfuckers out here. You playing. Playing play with it. <laughs> right. I done, I done did the grind. Okay? Right. Right. So I done did the training. I done did the, the, the uh, physical therapies. Mm. You know, I, I okay. Right. You know, all I, through I can, it. I, I can do all that. Right. So, because that, that's one of the things that I think that for him, made him hard to fit ah. in Hollywood. But he was exceptional in that role as a rifleman because remember he pumped that rifle and he walking and boom, yeah. boom, boom. Well, and he probably that, did all his little stunts. That was, that was part of yeah. his physicality. Right, right. See, it's like, look, I'm not, I'm not playing. Yeah. <laughs> look, I'll run your ass down. I'll throw the ball. Oh, yeah. I'll smack the ball out of the goddamn park. Right, right. Okay, all that. Right. And then Southern Cal, which is interesting again, because he played, at some point in time, I believe he played at Wrigley Field. Mm, mm -hmm. Wrigley Field is on the east side of, of Chicago. LA City. No, oh, no, no. Wrigley oh, Field. okay. This is Wrigley from Wrigley Gum. Oh. Okay, now well, they had Wrigley Field in Chicago. I thought so, yeah. yeah. But that was when major corporations were building sports sports uh, arena, yeah. Arenas. Uh-huh, uh -huh. Okay. But see, he, you know, he, he, he had seen a lot more than the stereotypical hmm. Hollywood star. Okay. 
Gotcha. You know? Right. But mm. to bring it all back around, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to really encourage those of you that listen to Vibe Juice to step up the level of attention that you give to your immediate surroundings. Here, begin, here. begin to pay more attention to what is happening. That's real. See, because they're not hiding anything. Mm. Nothing is being hidden from you. Mm. Mm-hmm. And often, when you kick up your awareness, right, then you'd be like, oh, well, shit, they, I saw that two years ago. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember that article. And if I remember... If you think about what we, we were talking about really mm-hmm. pre- before uh, getting to Hollywood and <laughs> but it which spun out of cigarettes and marijuana, okay? I thought we were talking about firearms, guns, tobacco. Bureau of Firearms, Guns, Tobacco, alcohol, Exposed. Tobacco, alcohol, uh, right, alcohol. Yeah, BATF. Yes. We're talking about the things that are detrimental in killing people. Millions. Millions on the rise, emerging, mm-hmm. going through the roof now. Mm-hmm. And these are controllable with federal level agencies, controllable things. But when it comes to corporations that really get wealthy and rich from those that those, those areas, things. those things. things. Yeah. Alcohol, tobacco, and fire. So much through the roof. They got the power to control the politics, the puppeteers, and so forth. Yeah. So how much of that do you think feeds into the Supreme Court? Oh, all of it. Roe versus Wade turnover, the all whole control. See, because one... What, Sticking with Roe v. Wade, one of the things I deeply resent is the way that most of the people that claim to be left of center have responded Mm. to the threat, Mm. which is the threat has been realized now. Yeah, that's right. We did. Has overthrown Roe v. Wade. It's done. Yes. But the way that People have taken it on as like a battle cry, mm. right? Mm. We have to save, we have to codify Roe v. Wade. Mm. We have to save women's rights to make decisions about their body. Blah, 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 blah. And the reality mm-hmm. is, it's over. Yeah. That now what? particular part of the struggle yeah. is over. <laughs> Y'all knew it was going to be over. Mm-hmm. The same people that make the other decisions about mass media exposure mm-hmm. knew a year and a half ago right. when that case first came to the U.S. Supreme Court. They knew. They knew that this is going to be the one. Okay, so let's back up a little bit. But this was the whole intent of getting Trump's ass up in the presidency now to a certain degree it's 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 a it's working for him it's a d- double-edged sword because on one hand he's touting 
I did what I said I was going to do to people. To be, I did not say I was going to get that. But if I did nothing, now this now is attached to his legacy. On the other hand, the double head head sword sword is that his ass is getting cut in the future. In a sense, he's feeling the cut now. How is this damaging the rest of the Republican Party because of the outcry of the shit that you did? And the country. And the country. Yes, the absolutely. The country. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. See, so it, it's one of the things I really hope that we can accomplish through this podcast and other, other efforts but through this podcast specifically, at a, a very, a very basic level, is to get out the word, to fire people up, that you have the power mm-hmm. to impact your life. I know most Americans don't believe that. Mm. But that's because they bought the bullshit. Okay? Don't let this crazy make you crazy. <laughs> oh, say it again. Don't let, let this crazy, crazy make, make you, you crazy. crazy. Hello. Because, and, and this is something that I've, I've seen basically all my adult life. Mm. Okay? They will program us mm. guys. Yeah, yeah. Nurture us, train uh, us to believe what they want us to fucking believe. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. I remember the first time uh, I heard uh, a presentation by a woman who had been diabetic like 30 years. And it started affecting her uh, her legs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It started affecting her hands, arms. Mm-hmm. And they were telling her, "Well, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna, you're gonna lose limbs." Mm. And she's like, "Fuck you, <laughs> okay?" Mm. But her presentation was so, it was so down in there that when she stood up and said, "Listen, I decided that unless God Himself cut my legs off." Mm. And I wasn't getting no goddamn amputation. Okay. Because I was gonna learn to do whatever I could do. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't no I was no longer going to listen to the AMA doctors. Okay. And she had lost either three or four relatives. To, relatives to diabetes. To diabetes. Okay. And all of them had limbs amputated. Okay, and she said, "I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't find any rationale. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find any logical, mm-hmm. real foundation mm. for why that had to be." Yeah, you know. Yeah, what was the success in that? Mm-hmm. And I think that 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 kind of thinking now would be considered extremely radical. Because hmm. after that, it was funny. After that, every time I saw an article, every time I saw an interview, every time I saw, you know, information about diabe- diabetic people telling how they 
got rid of diabetes, the same thought came up. Now, let y'all tell it. This is some all-powerful, you know, you can't do nothing. If this happens, oh my God, you know, basically your life is over. But now, where do these people come from? They're, they're just everyday people. They're just people that decided that no, no, you say that my body went crazy. This woman, the woman I was talking about just a moment ago, she said that what she found was that all her life she'd been told she could do nothing about what they said that she had no power. She said the moment she began to break away from that, she said everything changed. Well, listen, why do you think a Dr. Sebi had to die? Well, I know why he had to die. I know fucking well why Dr. Sebi had to die. <laughs> okay? Because Dr. Sebi was telling the goddamn truth. This is what happens. See, when, when they put him when they put him on that um grand jury or something where they were investigating his claim right right he had, you know, about aids and, he and cured aids and cured this all these different things that. and yeah it's like look we all know that the american culture is based on exploitation it's all about corporate money and greed. We we talk. We, we we just segue right into that from that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's the same thing. Firearms, uh, alcohol, alcohol, tobacco, tobacco yeah, and firearms. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. you can't you're messing with corporate money. You go into what was that movie that? Um, uh, it's not not Wall Street, but the one. Uh, uh, What's his name that was in Top Gun? Um, Cruise? Tom Cruise, but he was a lawyer in Memphis. Young kid out of oh, law yeah. school. Yeah, yeah. That kind of cabal of secret society that's controlled and powerful his wife was, know everything. His wife was fucked up when she realized, oh, wait a minute. What's going down? Well, and it's like all these people falling dead. It worked for what you, you your firm that you work for, yeah. your clients, and this, that, and the other. They had mm -hmm. some shit going on. Mm -hmm. And, of course, they had to also have money, be in control of laundering money, because we're talking about a whole lot of dirty corporate stuff going on. Which is, which is the, the dominant element in American culture. That's the base of everything that's wrong. Everything that's wrong right now today, if you start peeling back mm -hmm. the layers, mm -hmm. where do you think it's going to lead you? I don't care if it's politics. I'm talking mm -hmm. about what's disrupting America. Politics. I don't care if it's politics. <laughs> I don't care if it's social media. Sports. I don't care if it's Corporate pharmaceutical, All that. drugs, All opiates. That. I don't care what it is. If it's cars, if it's oil. Yeah. There's a road that leads probably to the same place. Well, I think that they all stem from what did, what did Grandma Eula used to say? My great-grandmother, Eula Thompson. Go on, Miss Eula. She, she used to say, 
Sending you some some light, ancestor. There's only one path. All we see are the little, the little sidewalks. Hmm. She said, but they're all on a big, huge path. Go on. And no matter the the details around the little path you're on or that you think you're on, they all fit within the one that's being controlled. There you have Grandma Eula. And I mean, when she said that, I mean, look, I was about 16, 17. Mm. Okay, so Mm. I'm already, I'm there. Mm. Mm -hmm. And when she started rolling, it was like, Wait a minute, wait a minute, Mama Eula. Wait, hold it, hold it. Wait, wait a second. Because, but she was absolutely correct. Wow. And that's one of the things, and coming back to, for example, mm-hmm. coming back to the mental health issue, right? Mm-hmm. What is the, the cumulative effect mm. on an individual's mind, an individual's psyche, when they see all this shit out here, right, and it all goes woof, mm. what's that impact? Mm. Well, okay, well, we're going to wind down. I think we'll wind down with a little um, booty juice, the business news. <laughs> business and news. Okay, so here's what's new in the little... Uh, booty juice, business, news, entertainment. Okay, what we've got, first of all, I, I didn't realize that Lay, excuse me, Ray Liotta died of good fellas. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I yeah. loved Ray Liotta from, yeah, from good fellas. Yeah. And, and it was funny to hear, not funny, but it was it was very interesting to see the responses out of the film industry. Oh, really? Because... Uh-huh. Uh, he and De Niro have mm. become very close. Okay. 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 Um, the little short guy. Uh, I almost said Danny DeVito. I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I meant. You know uh, what I, I know, mean? I know. Uh, but the, look, the little short guy. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about, uh, I'm sorry, just, uh, we're talking about not, okay, so it was Ray Liotta. It was, um, what did that boy say? Uh, I, 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 I mean, because he's, he's a hell of an actor. Yeah, it was De Niro. He was also in My Cousin Vinny. Yes, yes. How, how am I? He was also in the... Uh, Joe Pesky. Joe Pesky. Pesky, yeah, yeah. yeah. Joe, Joe Pesky. Yep. Because, you know, he was in Play the... Uh, Vin- he played a, a silly character... In the uh, flicks that, um, hold on, hold on, hold on, Glover and Mel Gibson did. Oh, remember the Lethal Weapons? That's right. That's right. Yeah, he was the yeah. third, the third party the that third he just leader. got on their last nerve. <laughs> he played it really well. <laughs> really well. <laughs> he too well. <laughs> so to see him to go from that to a mobster, which he played also very well. Very he did. He, he had been in several mobster movies after that. Oh, yeah. He shook that little stereotype <laughs> character. Oh, oh. 
That was it. He played that silly. Yeah, yeah. And boy, when he he did it very well, though. <laughs> when he when he did uh, uh, the one uh, with Ray Liotta. Mm-hmm. Leota. Leota. Mm-hmm. Um, damn, they call the name of it. But when he did that with uh, uh, um, Leota, Pesci, De Niro. De Niro. There was one or two others. But he, he, he. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Because there was one point where he, the, the guy he was, the banker he was talking to, that he was telling how he would put the pistol in his mouth and blow his brains all over the, the bank. Okay. I remember just a little bit. Yeah. But I mean, you know, but he, he was trying, De Niro had been on his ass about, look, you know, you, you can't, you can't talk to everybody the same way and get the same result. Hmm. Okay, mm, mm. and so then, and then he's thrown into the situation with the banker, right? Mm-hmm. And the banker's been fucking with him. <laughs> so then his thing is, well, listen, let me let me, let me tell you something. What, what's gonna happen? I'm gonna come to see you at the bank, and you're gonna either treat me appropriately, or I may kill you in the bank. Mm. I mean, you know, and it was funny because they they're sitting side by side, right? Okay, yeah. And you know, he he's managed to shift his persona <laughs> to something that's more akin to what the bankers used to. Mm. You know, <laughs> the way that, you know, everybody's kissing the bankers' ass. Yeah, yeah. And it was that like that last two or three words. Mm-hmm. And the banker was like, <laughs> "What the hell is going on?" Okay, okay. You know, and with De Niro sitting there, and and he didn't pull out a pistol, he didn't do any of that. Mm-hmm. But it was very, very clear that this motherfucker just crossed the line with this, mm. and I believe him. <laughs> wow, you know, like, oh no, no. He would come in the bank and blow my brains out. Right. Wow. <laughs> well, the other thing I, I think uh, that I could say a little bit in entertainment news is that a lot of entertainers have come out and spoken out about this decision of the role versus Wade and are very pissed off and have publicly either berated the justices, Trump, and etc. And oh, Colbert, man. Stephen Colbert, apparently is one. one. Oh, you know, he always does a great Steve, monologue. Look, Stephen Colbert, <laughs> um, you, you, you heard what happened with his crew that was doing filming back in D.C. Mm-hmm. They no. were arrested. Why? When? At, at the at the uh, the the Capitol. <laughs> they were arrested for simply interviewing people. And wait, there was no, there was no protest. There was no shit going on. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I heard that. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But uh, Colbert, I'ma tell you, they, they better watch themselves because see, Colbert ain't no. He, from what I heard, I don't know it to be factually proven. Mm-hmm. From what mm-hmm. I heard. 
when the, the decisions were being made about who would be what on late night TV, mm. he wasn't even included in the initial conversations. And then, kabang! Wow. Stephen mm. Colbert? Wow. Who the fuck is and, and this was, how how long ago was this? Years ago. Years, I'm talking about way before he became who he is now. Oh, okay. See, but I'm wow. saying, but it was one of them points where you had, you still had a, a, a what's the big head, big jaw? <laughs> <laughs> Are you talking about with the glasses? Uh, no, no, oh. not, not that one. Um <laughs> The Not one that, that had the car collection and all of that. Oh, Jay Leno. Jay, okay. Yeah. Jay Leno, Stephen Colbert. Mm-hmm. Col- okay, Colbert. Uh-huh. Colbert. The uh, red-headed white boy with the weird hair. Oh, yeah, Conan. Conan. Mm-hmm. O'Brien. Um, O'Brien. Uh, two, three others, right? Mm-hmm. It was a whole little mix. And they were, they were sort of sifting it out. Mm. Who would be the next, the new crop, mm. right? Okay. And for what I heard, nope, I have no proof, but for what I heard, Stephen Colbert basically walked in and said, listen, I know you think you have your stars. Mm. If you shut me out, mm-hmm. I'll be here anyway. Wow. So I suggest we work out something. Mm. And that's when his network began to like, hey, 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 <laughs> hey. Jay Leno's out the game. Johnny Carson been out the game. Okay? Y'all have chosen motherfuckers for damn near the whole life of late night TV. TV. Mm, hmm He's talking about doing something in a different way. Okay. Right. Because <laughs> he chose the, the brother that just won the, what, 12 or 11 uh, Grammys? Uh, I'll think of his name. Does he have the Afro? Not the one who did the... Uh, the one that leads his band. On the show. On the show. Right, right, right. I can't think of his name, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, but now. Yeah, he won a lot. That, yeah. That, oh, killed him. <laughs> right. fucking Grammys? Right. But he, he dictated that hiring? No, no, I don't know. I don't know. No, no. Him. This is who's going to do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the brother was already known to be sort of like, I won't fit in none of their boxes. John Baptiste. John I think he Baptiste. got a, a a movie or a documentary, seems like, I think, coming out or something. But he, yeah. He's actually got a documentary, and I think the movie comes out first. Oh, okay. And then there's a documentary. Yeah, this brother's doing a lot. after 11 Grammys, right. don't nobody care. <laughs> You're going to get the play. Yeah, yeah. He's doing a lot. But yeah, Colbert was, uh, he he... He played his hand in a much more it was like it was like watching a group of people play cards and some of them are professionals and some aren't. Mm. And as the game progresses almost let's say poker almost you, mm-hmm. you begin to see like, ooh 
shit. Mm, mm-hmm. I'm like, damn. <laughs> you can see who's been a little, got a mastery with it and who doesn't. Yeah, and you do have to step back like, whoa, did you yeah. see that move? Whoa. Okay, who am I playing with here? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Who's sitting at the table? Right, exactly. You know, y'all didn't tell me anything. Yeah, exactly. Y'all didn't need women in there. Come on now, what's really going on? Yeah, but y'all ain't. What's going on? Okay. I know what you mean. I know yeah. what you mean. So other things in news, okay, I got to say Bill Cosby yeah. was uh, basically sued by some girl back in 16 years old, 1975, uh, that for sexual abuse. Shit, 1975, she probably like 55. She was 16 yeah. back then, 60, 55, damn near 60. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, he was uh, awarded, let me see, in victory by the jurors in a civil trial bought by her. Uh, basically, the de- jurors decided to only grant Judy Huff with five hundred thousand dollars. That's right, five hundred thousand. That's right. Yeah, and, and voted nine and three in favor of n- not, excuse me, rewarding her any punitive damages. So, yeah. go on, Judy. Well, Bless she, your well, heart. Well, carry well, on. Well, but listen. Everybody knew what that was, okay? <laughs> See, that case, the reason, the reason I think mm-hmm. that, that case got put off, okay. kept getting put off, Yeah. at the time of the incident, she wasn't supposed to be on the goddamn property no more. Hmm, okay. Okay? Uh-huh. We're talking about the Playboy Mansion. Ah. Okay? Okay, really, it's, it's 16. You shouldn't have been there uh, unless doing you were nothing. at least 18. Doing no, no, doing nothing. Right. She shouldn't have been there at all. Working nothing. Nothing. Yeah, they wrong about that one. Okay. Yeah. So That's wrong. Initially. Now, how do you justify that mess? Now, you're going to bring it on out and say, oh, somebody drug you there? Come on now. Well, no, no. See, that and that was the thing. Mm. Her position originally, mm-hmm. what I remember reading, was that. She got like lumped in mm, mm. with a, a bunch of little honeys. Okay. Right? <laughs> okay. But 16 is fucking 16. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And Hugh Hefner, see, and this this I think one reason why it was put off mm-hmm. until Hugh Hefner died. Huh. So he couldn't. Because Hugh Hefner ran that motherfucker. Right. That's right. Okay. You're right. I'd only been there twice. Because this could have came out a long time. And believe me, you you could you could look too good, and they wanted they wanted to see all your shit. <laughs> right. Okay, right. No, right. No, right. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, sir. You you're in that line. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. But well. that but that's why. And then on top of all that, all these years, mm-hmm. all these other cases against him. And she gets a half meal? Right. That's just a payoff. Yeah, it's a joke. It's, it's bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's almost like that woman that the uh, that sued, uh, that was supposed to be the, the high-end prostitute that sued Trump, that had that pimp uh, attorney to represent her, and I think she only got like $140,000 out of it. She, she, she really should have got a whole lot, but it didn't work out that way. It didn't work no, in her favor. Because 
The pimp got the money. He got all the money. He got the money back then. <laughs> right. So don't, no, bitch, don't know. Don't come here now. No, no. Wait a minute. You wow. was a hoe. He was a pimp. I paid the pimp. Or the John. No, no, no. I'm saying Trump oh. paid. Oh, he was the John. Right. Right. Trump was the John. Yeah, you was a hoe. Trump paid. I was a John. I paid the pimp. I so there the we pimp. are. So now, what's all this other shit? <laughs> okay, so last in the news, I got to mention this. Back on this BS, Samuel Jackson apparently rips Uncle Clarence Thomas uh, a hole, a good hole, for asking, and he tweeted this, how's Uncle Clarence feeling about overturning Loving versus Virginia? Now, kind of, you know, looking at this ruling referring that the 1967 ruling that protected interracial marriage that this mm-hmm. overturn of Roe versus Wade is just as the same shit. Same, same shit. Same so we, and you and I mentioned before we actually began recording about, uh, and I called it the conservative overthrow, but what's next? And what's next y'all? Interracial marriage. Interracial marriage. Same-sex marriage. Same-sex marriage. Voting rights. Voting rights. All that. Uh, All of it. Because, you know, they had already issued at least one or two rulings Mm -hmm. around the uh, early voting civil rights bills. Right. That had already been Mm -hmm. hacking at them. Mm -hmm. So. Wow. Well, there we have it in uh, politics and politics disrupting America today, y'all. Politics and politics, y'all. Red, white, and blue. Okay. (laughs) Blue you. The colors of the devil. Boo-hoo. So, y'all, we're going to stay on top of this uh, uh, peeling back them onions, those onions and exposing what our opinions and what we see. On this map, on this side, in the vibe juice. So keep following, keep liking, keep sharing. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And keep it real. And we'll keep it real with you. All right? Until next time, we love you lots. Appreciate you. And don't forget to truly share and subscribe. Be one. Okay. Hey, keep it real. Peace, y'all. Thank you for listening. Join us again.